Hi there, I'm Dr. Paula McDonald, and I welcome you to my podcast, Live Today. It's here that together we'll explore the concept of balance as God designed it to be for us, His children. Balance of the mind, the body, and the spirit. And it's what I've named Theosynthesis. And it's here, waiting for you. Hello and welcome to the podcast, Live Today. Hi everyone, this is Dr. Paula McDonald and I am super excited to tackle another amazing topic today. If you're new to this podcast or you haven't read my book, Theosynthesis, which is a mouthful, I know, go back and listen to podcast number one or head to my website at drpaulamcdonald.com. So today, we are going to talk about God and the cycles, the cycles of Earth, the biological cycles. And you're probably wondering, now wait a minute, why is she talking about God and then all of this stuff about cycles? I think you're going to understand if you just stick with me for a minute. So if you just look around at your world, your physical world, there are examples of cycles everywhere. We've got the water cycle, you've got rain that comes down, fills up, goes to the plants, evaporates back up, comes back down as rain. Beautiful cycle that continues to use our water, as you all know, is a hugely important element in our lives and within our bodies. There's a nitrogen cycle. There's so many other physical cycles. But there's also biological cycles within our own bodies. Your blood pressure is constantly trying to regulate itself. Your hormones, your temperature, your blood sugar levels, all of the different chemicals that are flowing through your system. Your body is in a constant state of trying to balance itself. The earth is in a constant state of trying to balance itself. Therefore, as the Almighty Creator, we need to really look at that. He obviously got it right and knows the importance of cycles and knows the importance of balance, which is why it led me to really research deeper into this topic. But as we look at our own lives, we're in a cycle from conception to birth to living our lives and aging and then to a physical death. So I was working on this for one of my Bible studies and I, if you can just imagine looking at this, if I were writing it on a whiteboard for you and looking at biological growth cycles. So you'd start out with a seed, which then goes into the ground and develops roots and then a shoot comes up reaching towards that sunlight. Therefore, now you've got a young plant, which goes into a mature plant. The mature plant at some point develops some sort of fruit from a flower, which then the fruit bears seeds and the biological growth cycle continues over and over and over in the cycle of life. So I wanted to look at this as Christians and as a Christian growth cycle. 
because we absolutely are on a path or somewhere in that cycle. So as we are sown into, somebody had to tell us about Jesus. Somebody had to share a Bible with us or took us to church or Sunday school or somewhere where we heard the word of God. They were sowing into our souls. As Christians, if we do accept Christ and want to know more about him, then we begin to develop roots and growth within our Christian walk. And then we become new believers in Christ. We are curious about the word. We want to know more. And hopefully you're immersing yourself into the word in order to become a mature believer. And then as you mature in Christ and mature in your faith, then you are now the kingdom fruit. You are now sharing, teaching, helping others see the fruit of God's kingdom, which then causes you and others to sow into those who haven't heard or those who need to hear. So as you can see, you've got your biological growth cycle, and we as Christians, we are in a Christian growth cycle. And so it kind of leads you to the question of, where are you in your Christian growth cycle? Are you developing those roots and you're growing? Hopefully we, we do continue that throughout our, our, our Christian growth. But are you a new believer or are you a mature believer? Wherever you are on that cycle, knowing that we have next steps to get to, it's so important to understand that eventually we all are supposed to be sowing seeds for the kingdom of God. So I just love how if we look at nature and we understand God and his ultimate wisdom and his creativity, we can see evidence of him everywhere. And so I will have these on uh, a blog. So if you want to follow my blog, if you go to my website, I will be writing these different podcasts on blogs because there's so many different visuals that, I'll, that I will be sharing. So as we continue to look at God's perfect cycle and his design, I don't know if you've ever heard of something called sacred geometry. And what this is, is looking at God's design and seeing patterns everywhere. If you really pick up a seashell, if you pick up a flower and you start to really study the makeup or maybe even get a, you know, micro microscope or a, you know, something to see it even closer, you're going to see things that the naked eye can't see on its own. But what you're going to see for sure are patterns because our wonderful creative God uses patterns throughout his creation over and over and over. It's kind of like imagining if you've invented something and it's really wonderful, you're going to probably continue using that pattern because it works over and over and over. And so that's why you see God's fingerprint everywhere if you just take time to see it. And as Paul writes in Romans, there are no excuses for us as believers or even non-believers to not see God in everything on this earth. 
because his fingerprint is there. So some, of, some people will continue to deny that, but the evidence is there. God's fingerprint is everywhere. One of the most interesting things, I was teaching a Bible study last year on John. And when we got to the very last chapter of John, it's when Peter is out there and he's bringing in all these fish. Jesus is on the shore waiting for Peter to come in. And the verse says that Peter took out the fish and there were 153 fish. And I thought to myself, everything in the Bible is there for a reason. I wonder what the significance of 153 is. And so I went on this deep dive into the number 153 and my mind was blown. Oh my gosh, you guys. Okay, you've all seen the the picture of the um, the fish, the Christian fish symbol. And what that's called, actually, um, they have a name for it, and it's called the um, Vesica Pisces. It was known since ancient times, this Vesica Pisces word. And you've heard the fish symbol and the astrology on Pisces and all of that having to do with fish. But really, you can see the connection of fish, the symbol of Christianity, and let me get to the 153. Okay, so if you take the Vesica Pisces, which the intersection between two circles, if you to draw two circles next to each other and have them intersect, you're actually going to see that Vesica Pisces in the very middle. And if you then take that and put a line straight through it, and you can draw two triangles that mirror one another within that Vesica Pisces. And it equals 153 of the two equilateral triangles. Wow, 153. And of course we know as Christians, triangles represent the Trinity. And so this is just one little crazy rabbit hole trail that I went on, but you can go and research this more on your own. But it's just that little one tidbit from John about the 153 fish. And yes, it has significance to the Vesica Pisces. The whole Christian faith is based on these this fish. And then the math, it's just mind blowing, you guys. And so, yes, I've always shared with you that I am a bit of a geek, but this is the kind of thing that God leads me to when I study his word. So I encourage you, if you see something, dive into it, go look for it. But these are the things that absolutely blow my mind. So God has an order of all creation. It's perfectly ordered, perfectly structured. Let me give you some examples. How about DNA? That wonderful chain of complex molecules all held together in this twisted ladder and rolled up in a ball inside every single one of our trillions of cells within our bodies. And in that DNA code, which is a code, it's information, are the instructions for that cell on what it's supposed to be. Are you a human? Are you a tree? Are you a dog? Every bit of that is in that encoded 
tiny little cell. Not only that, that cell is so perfectly ordered that it has little tiny structures that pump out protein, that give out instructions to replicate itself. You guys, I know I'm giving you a biology lesson here, but these are the things that when you start to really seek and look and know God, there's no denying him. So when people say, there is no God, I don't believe in God, how do you possibly explain all of these amazing details? You cannot tell me logically that this perfect DNA chain for every single living species happened out of randomness. The logic and the probability in math do not work. It simply doesn't work. So therefore, logic says there had to be an intelligent designer who's creating these designs and these perfect cycles. It didn't just randomly happen. Another great example is, is your human eye. You guys, our eyes are so complex. We don't even know half of all the complexities of the rods and the cones that allow us to see, to see light and to distinguish color and to do all the things that we, that we are able to do because we have these amazing eyes. And then there's the human egg. Oh my gosh, I could go on and on about the egg. And which leads me to if any of you who've experienced birth, you've either seen birth or actually carried the baby within you for nine months. And when you think about a tiny little spermatozoa meeting that egg and the fertilization happens and nine months later, nine months, a fully formed human, a baby is born. That blows my mind. Even as all the science that I've studied, the minute I had my first child, there was no doubt in my mind that there was a God. No doubt in my mind. It is mind-blowing when you start to think about those little um, perfect parts of creation. So then this leads me to, okay, life is ordered. God created this orderly life of cycles and design. So what does that mean to you and I? What does that mean in our lives? Why do, do our lives need to be in order? Absolutely, yes, 100% yes. But what kind of world are we finding ourselves in right now? Chaotic, busy, crazy, we're not even able to catch our breath. And what happens then? We become discombobulated. We're in chaos. We're under tremendous amount of stress because we weren't designed to live in a constant state of chaos. Just like our bodies are trying to go into a cycle of balance, which is called homeostasis. We need our lives to be seeking that balance. So how do you get there? How do you get that balance? What do you need to do to maintain 
a balance in your life. We're going to really dive into this topic on so many more of our shows because I feel like it is one of the most important topics right now, especially right now in this very stressful world that we live in. And for me, I know where I find my strength and my balance is through slowing down and making sure I'm putting my priorities correctly. What are my intentions? For the day? Am I leaving God out? Am I putting everything else first? If so, that's when I can feel things spinning out of control very, very quickly. And I have to reel myself back in, take a deep breath, and realize I need to put my focus on God. I need to get Him as my base, my balance. And when I do that, things change radically. I have a peace that's supernatural that all of you know as believers only can come from God. We can't even begin to understand it. But when we give all of this craziness back to God, He rewards us with an unbelievable peace. So right now, even in the realm of what's happening in this world and how things are so divided and so just everyone's so angry, I have had a sense of peace. God is in control. He created everything. He still sits on the throne. And you guys, that's what balances me. But the other things that balance me are resting when I need to rest, eating correctly, not putting junk into my life that's going to give me zero life, but healthy whole foods. I feel so much better getting out and walking and breathing that fresh air, taking time to play. Oh my gosh, when was the last time you really just skipped a rock or played or went down on the floor and played with a grandchild or your own child? Those are things that will keep you balanced. So I'm going to leave you with a couple of questions. So what are some areas of order that you need to work on in your own life? What needs to be let go of? What are the time wasters so that you can create a cycle of balance, so you can reach for that peace that you so desperately need and inherently want? So I'm going to close this today in a quick prayer, and I invite you, before we close, go to my website, drpaulamcdonald.com. This book, Theosynthesis, You need to get this in your hands. We go into this stuff so deeply, and there's so much information in this book that I really want you to get your hands on. I'll be happy to sign it for you. Just let me know. And follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I'd love to get to know you. So until next time, where we're going to talk about so many more amazing topics, let me close this in a prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your perfect and orderly world, your cycles, your balance. And we ask you to help us keep our eyes firmly planted on you so that we can achieve a peace that's everlasting and perfect. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. See you next time. Thank you for joining me, friends. My prayer for you 
is that you would seek to live today and every day in balance and in abundant connection with God.